We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. It is our typical Tuesday edition. Now, we threw a couple curveballs in, Toby, because I went ahead in our huddle show from Thursday. I dropped yesterday just because there was national championship talk. And I know you're very excited about what happened last night in the national championship game. But... Uh, also, too, because the Legacy Series dropped this week, and I wanted it to kind of have kidding. Its, uh, I'm He's kidding. Joking, I'm by joking, the by I'm the way. To- Toby upset is upset about Alabama winning another national championship. Not happy about it. But the Legacy Series dropped this week, and to further the celebration of the 2000 National Championship season, the 2001 Orange Bowl game, big news broke late yesterday. Bob Stoops, a first ballot Hall of Famer, well-deserved, a guy you spent a lot of time around, Toby. I can imagine that was pretty exciting news. I thought it was great that they did it in conjunction with the Legacy Series dropping, too. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. That meant a lot. <laughs> I hope everyone's had a chance to listen to that. Such a great listen. Such a great walk down memory lane. Some insight and some stories there we've never heard before. And uh, I just loved it. But, yeah, yeah I'm. You know, it's not surprise. It's not a surprise. We we knew Bob Stoops was a Hall of Famer, and we knew he was going to the Hall of Fame. And I assumed it would be uh, in the first ballot, and it was. But still, just a confirmation of one of the greatest of all time. And uh, I think even now, I started to say we'll look back. I mean, we're far enough removed now that you you look back at getting to uh, work alongside the man, at getting to call his games and for fans to get to watch his teams and you start uh, looking at what they accomplished in his career on the field. You, you look at the list of 
players, I mean, legendary Sooners that are just parade in the uh, years that Bob Stoops was the head coach. And it's awesome. And um, he's a guy that, that we owe a lot of credit to turning Oklahoma football back in the right direction. I, I think that is the greatest legacy. There's a lot of things to look at Bob Stoops' career and, uh, and applaud. You know, winning a title, all the conference championships, the Heisman trophies, the way he conducted himself, the professional that he was, he became, he went from a young coach to one of the mentor coaches in all of college football in the time span that he was at OU. But I think number one on the list is turning Oklahoma football into a monster again. And it has continued, obviously, under Lincoln Riley. And, and it is well documented. It was not that when he stood on the steps there and took this job. And, um, and we, we owe him a debt of gratitude to that. And he's still young. He's still, you know, we still see him at the games and, and around town. And who knows what the future holds for him, but. I'm I'm just happy that uh, it was confirmed what we already knew, and that is Bob Stoops is a Hall of Famer. First ballot, baby. First ballot. Let's go. Right. So it, it was. It's interesting as as I'm sitting here taping this, we're getting ready with you for the podcast. We're getting ready for our first spotlight show of 2021, and we have been challenged by our producer Theron Smith, who is still in a tough spot after his Titans loss this week. But to come up with our favorite win from the Bob Stoops career from the early years, which he dubbed 99 to 2007, and then the latter stretch of his career, 2008 to 2016. Now, I'm going to share mine. I threw the Nebraska game, and I know that's low-hanging fruit. But to me, that was that moment. And in, 2000. You know, 2000, thank you, yes. And to me, that was that, dare I say, moment whenever everyone kind of realized Holy smokes, this team could play for a national championship in 2000. And I think it also, even though, you know, you had the Texas win, you had the Kansas State win. But for me, T. Rowe, that was one of my favorites. I think Jessica went with one of the early um, uh, Kansas State games. I'll have to double-check through my phone here. But I know it's a, it's an easy one to pick. But to me, I love that win from the 2000 season. Well, I, listen, I think it is one of the top – and I'll be I'll be safe here sure. and say five wins in the history of Oklahoma football, and it it might be top three. It might it might be number one. I mean, you'd have to get a historian on here who who is well versed in the OU football of the '40s and the '50s, and you know, and it, it even the '80s, which I have a little better grasp for. But the consequence of what we were just talking about is best played out in that 2000 game and it's even a inside that game is a microcosm of you know that you could argue the second quarter of that nebraska game (laughs) is when oklahoma football was reborn you know they were down 14 nothing immediately to nebraska and you thought well they're just not ready for the big boys yet you know they're better we were all excited about this game but they're not ready for the big boys yet and that's what it looked like after the first two nebraska possessions and then the second quarter was one of the most magical 15 minutes of football 
in the history of the program and and the game was too. I, you know, I don't know as long as we cover and, and watch OU football whether we'll ever see another storming of the field. You know, there was so much that went into that because of the years of frustration. I don't know if we'll hopefully we'll never go through a drought like that again. But we did, and it led to the emotion of that day. And so, I mean, I think you've got the obvious one. Yeah. The, the, the other game from that year that is iconic to me is the Texas A&M game. Yeah. And the, the play, which might have been the biggest play from that year when Torrance Marshall had the pick six. And uh, I was actually calling a football game in Dallas, Texas that day as that was unfolding. And I'll never forget that trying to keep one eye on the game. I was calling <laughs> the other guy, the other eye on the OUA and M game. So no, I, I think you've got it now. Did you pick one for the second half? Yes. Yes. Um, What'd you pick? By the way, Jess's game. She went with, I liked for the early was the Oh three Oklahoma state game coming off the uh, uh, couple of seasons of frustration. And then the Oh three Oklahoma state game when they came in here. And I mean, this place was just electric. I went, um, I went with the Sugar Bowl win over Alabama because, and that, and that's probably a little bit more personal because I'll, I'll never forget you and I being starved, uh, getting back to the hotel, trying to find anything to eat. Uh, and there's, you know, Bob and Mike and Mark Stoops was there. And, you know, we sat and we watched the replay for a while of the game. And it was just, uh, yeah, we, hung, we hung out with, with the Stoops. That's right. <laughs> after the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> I think Toby Keith was in there. He too, was. If I remember he correctly. was. Yeah. And, and so a lot of that is personal, but also to me that that moment capsulized a season that had so many benchmarks. Where you know they they had struggled and played well. They got beat by Baylor, and we were wondering with three games to go if Bob Stoops would eclipse the mark of the winningest coach that Barry Switzer had set at Oklahoma, and he did it. So I mean, I just I don't know. Maybe there's a little bit of greed and my own personal. Once in there, but that that to me is one that really stood out. That Sugar Bowl win over Alabama. What was the cutoff year again for the second half? Uh, 2008 to 2016, because I wanted to put the jump around game in there. Okay, but then I would have had two games that were like right back to back with each other. Right. Yeah, the jump the jump around game uh, from 08 is you know one of those games that will live in OU history, and was an important game and was just a an unbelievable memory that we all have. Uh, I might say for significance purposes, kind of, you know, reflecting or or mirroring what we said about the Nebraska game. um, I might pick the game at Tennessee Ah. because one, it was a great football game and it was an epic finish, but it also marked the birth really of the Lincoln Riley Baker Mayfield era. At Oklahoma. And again, you can kind of look to one quarter where it turned around. And the fourth quarter of that game was the birth and, and overtime of the Lincoln Riley Baker Mayfield era at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, so that, uh, that might be the game I pick for the, the uh, entertainment value of the game and the significance of what that game would end up meaning to OU football. I like that. I like all those. You had a lot of really cool moments with Coach, you know, in doing not just coaches' shows, but also uh, going to events like the caravans when you would travel a bit. He was um, – I, I, I appreciated the time that I got with him, and now I, I feel like I've, I've talked to him more in the last couple of years than I maybe ever have it whenever he was coaching outside of post-game interviews. But 
he was um he was always fun. I mean, I, I just thought he, he was focused. He he understood the responsibility. And, Toby, I, I think you got a chance to get to know him a little bit better than just about anyone with some of your responsibilities. Well, yeah, I mean, anyone, uh, you know, outside of his team and his, and his family, <laughs> right, perhaps. Right. I, I, I think we had an interesting relationship because I was a member of the media for a significant portion of his tenure and then I became the play-by-play voice and there was a transition period there where it, it took him a maybe a couple of years to fully see me in that role as now, now I'm on his team you right. know I think there was a, a couple of years there early where he still viewed me as a member of the media and there was still a kind of an arm's length separation between us and and that wore down as we went along uh, I think the the shows that we had at Rudy's, I'll always remember as, as so much fun, especially the second half hour when he would get into telling some stories about Youngstown. I'll never forget the night when we took the last call that we ever took on the Bob Stoop show. <laughs> <laughs> that is forever emblazoned. But I, one of my favorite, I, I hope it's okay that I tell this. I think we're far enough removed that I, I think it's okay. I, I remember the first um time I went to a caravan. Uh it was in it was in Houston, Texas. And I'd just been hired. And uh Bob, Sherry, Lon Kruger, and myself traveled to Houston together. We met in Norman and we took a plane down to Houston and we got picked up at the airport in a limousine and driven to the event. And it's the first time, and to this day, the only time in my life I've ever been ridden in a limousine. <laughs> and I remember sitting in that car, looking at Bob and Lon and Sherry and going, what kind of a world have I stepped into here? You know? <laughs> and, uh, and then it was like a month later that I got asked to do another caravan, to MC another caravan. And I quickly said yes, because, I mean, you know, the, the plane, the limousine, I mean, we're, we're high rolling now. And I get to the airport, and I find out that Bob is not a part of this event. It's in, it's in Woodward, and it's me and a, and a couple of other uh, people, but it's not uh, – Bob Stoops is not involved. <laughs> And we, we were in a propeller plane, and I I think some guy picked us up in a pickup truck and took us to the event. And I, Don, that night, I realized, I said, listen, that if Bob is involved, make sure you sign up quickly. If Bob is not involved, you might want to get some more details as to what's going to happen. But, um, and, uh, I mean, just a tough-nosed, you know, uh, Youngstown ready to wrestle with the media sometimes would you would he would fight you and yet later in his career and especially since he's retired we've seen the other side of him more you know right uh how much his players love him i mean you talk to teddy you talk to dusty you talk to they would do anything for bob stoops and this and, and his relationship with his wife and his kids and uh, how much he loves fishing and, and, and all that stuff. And we see him in the hall. Chris, we see him at halftime now. 
at Owen Field and he's unrecognizable because he wants to chat. He wants to tell stories. He's smiling. He's laughing. He's patting you on the back. He's, you know, and I'm like, who are you? Who, this is not, this is not the same man that was ready for combat on the sidelines, you know, for 18 years. So no, I, I, uh, I love my time with Bob. I, I remember uh, the last thing I'll say. The day he announced his retirement was a surprise. And it was a whirlwind of a day. And I remember that night coming home and thinking for the first time, I'll never do another show with Bob. Now, I don't know if that's true. Maybe maybe something will happen on down the line. But that night I was thinking, huh. I didn't know it, but I have already done my last show with Bob Stoops, and I watched him sign thousands (laughs) of autographs sitting next to him at Rudy's. You know how it was, Chris. During commercial breaks, people would come by and get football signed and pictures signed and hats signed and jerseys signed, whatever. I probably tens of thousands of times saw this man sign his autograph. And I don't have a single thing that is autographed by Bob Stoops. I sat here for all these years. I sat a foot away from him, shoulder to shoulder, and watched him sign tens of thousands of things. And I don't have a single thing. And I was kicking myself. I was like, I, I, and to this day, I don't have a single thing that's ever been signed by Bob Stoops. But I'll change that someday. I need to take a football with me to one of these games and, and walk down the hall <laughs> having signed something. And you got me going telling Bob Stoops stories. But I'm I, sorry. I, I by the way, you think about his retirement day. Both of us, I had just finished up softball. Uh, you were out on the golf course with the boys. You'd put the phone yep. up. I'd put the phone up. Um, yep. I just, by chance, and I didn't really have much of a role on that day. You and Chad hosted all the, and, and I say festivities because it was a celebration of his career. And Breaking his news. Yeah. Breaking news. It's like, what? So that was that that's something I'll always remember is how he kinda to me his retirement was a lot uh like how he coached where he didn't want it to be about him. He wanted it to be about, you know, what was next and what was going on in the program and his players, but you're right, I, I, I cherish the time I got. Now, uh, a final thought on, on Bob before uh we, we let you go on that front. Um it it, it it's it's interesting to me to see just how aware he was of where this program was, and I mean that in a good way, in the handoff to Lincoln Riley. Because, Toby, it's hard to replace a legend. I think that's that's a captain obvious thing. And his the way that he's handled this, the way that Bob Stoops has handled this, and, you know, just being dad and not being hands-on. Not, I mean, I just – I think it's fascinating to see how he's handled uh, being Drake's dad – and a fan of Oklahoma, and obviously still helping out whenever he was called upon this past year by Lincoln to come and, and help out in practices. I just, to me, it speaks of the kind of guy that he truly is to see the role that he's taken on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he His role is, I'm here if you need me for anything. Right. Right, and that's not just Lincoln. It's certainly Lincoln, as we saw this year. But it's Joe Castiglione. It's Toby Rowland. It's Chris Plank. It's President Harris. I'm here if you need me. Otherwise, I'm going to stay out of your way. And that is rare. That does not happen. Hardly ever uh, that a coach of his stature, a legendary coach, a Hall of Fame coach of his stature, 
uh, sticks around and says, I'm here if you need me. Otherwise, I'm going to stay out of the way. Uh, I think we have something special here at OU. I, the only thing that I can think of that's kind of comparable is Frank Beamer, you know, at Virginia Tech. But the the transition of power, that's probably not a phrase I should be using right now, but you, I'm talking about at OU. The transition of power there was so unique. The one-day press conference announcing a retirement and a hiring was so smooth and, yep. and unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the fact that he took his ego out of it and said, instead of saying, hey, this Lincoln Riley kid's really sharp, he, he's going to become a threat to me. People are going to start saying he should be the next <laughs> coach. I, brought, I probably better see if I can get him a job somewhere else because this is my kingdom. Because right. that, that would have happened a lot of places, you know, especially the egos that we see on football coaches. He, instead of saying that, he said, you know what? Um, it's time for me to step aside and the program would be in better hands now with Lincoln Riley than with me. And I'm going to help facilitate um, and make this as smooth as possible. It's remarkable. And uh, I think we owe him a debt of gratitude for that. All right. Hey, real quick before I let you go, I know uh, by the time a lot of people will hear this, the game will have already happened against TCU. But as we segue from celebrating Coach Stoops and his uh, pending induction into the College Football Hall of Fame, Toby, this uh, this Hoops team battled against Kansas. It's going to be a fun one against TCU tonight. I know they're short a few guys, but, um, uh, man, I really like what I'm seeing from Mo Gibson and to see Austin Reeves play the way he did against Kansas. They just they need a break or two. They need a break or two. Get a, get a good fast start here tonight against TCU. Yeah, this is a big game tonight, and uh, you know it's a tough stretch. They just went through a two-week stretch where they played four consecutive top 15 teams, and they don't have Brady Manick or Jalen Hill again tonight because of COVID protocols. It would be – it's TCU tonight, by the way. It would be kind of easy tonight to come back home and let your guard down a little bit. You know, you, you had – you went at Baylor, at Kansas back-to-back, now you come back home and you play a TCU team that you've already beaten once. And it would be real easy to kind of take a deep breath and, and maybe not bring the same level of intensity that can't happen because TCU is two and O on the road in conference play. They won at OSU. They won at Kansas state. Um, they are a better team this year. They've got very talented guards and Nimhard and miles. They've got a legit big man in Kevin Samuel, and they are definitely capable of coming into Norman and winning. Now, if OU plays with the same effort and intensity that they did in Allen Fieldhouse on Saturday, they're going to be fine. And I hope that that's the takeaway from Saturday is that they learned or they, they saw, they found themselves when it comes to the effort, the intensity, how good they can be defensively because – Sooner or later here, you're going to add Brady Manick and Jalen Hill back in. And if they keep playing like that, then watch out. This team has a chance to be dangerous. But tricky game tonight, Chris, against a TCU team that you've already beaten and is certainly good enough to beat you if you if you let up. Great stuff as always, T. Rowe. Appreciate the memories. Have a great call tonight, and we'll talk to you again next week, buddy. See you, Chris Plank. Thanks, Toby. Have a good rest of your week, man. Have a great call tonight. All right. Thank you, buddy. See, See you, brother. Hey, real quick before we wrap up, Bob Stoops was on ESPN whenever he was announced as a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. Here's what he had to say. Uh, we are pleased to uh, be joined by Bob Stoops. Uh, congrats, Coach, on the honor. 
What was your reaction uh, when you got the call? Well, thank you, Jay. Um, uh, really, as much as anything, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, honored, uh, just incredibly honored. No one cares more for our profession and, uh, you know, being the son of a high school, uh, lifetime high school coach. I just, you know, so appreciate and have such respect for our profession. So I just felt honored and humbled, uh, you know, to have been, uh, been elected into the Hall of Fame. I mentioned the 18 seasons as head coach all at Oklahoma. What does that Sooners program mean to you personally? Oh, it means a great deal to me, you know, for sure. That's uh, I'm still living Norman. My son's on the team. Coach Riley and I have a very close relationship. So I'm, I, uh, I'm, I'm still very close to it. Go by practice quite often. So it means a great deal to me. Incredible, man. Incredible career. And you just don't see transitions of power go as smoothly as it has here at Oklahoma. That speaks a lot to the great job Lincoln Riley has done and the incredible selfless nature of Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops headed to the Hall of Fame. We'll have more on his incredible career here on the Sooner Sports Podcast uh, over the next few days, over the next few weeks, over the next few months. And we'll continue to cover Oklahoma Sooner athletics as diligently and as diehard as possible. Everyone have a great rest of your week. And until the postgame show tonight against TCU, basketball on the Sooner Radio Network. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network.